Hello. She was a level-headed dancer on the road to alcohol. And I was just a soldier on my way to Montreal. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of From Here It's Potable. Uh, me and Hunter have a few things to go over tonight. Um, mostly we talk about Kevin O'Banner and his commitment to Texas Tech and what it means to, for the basketball team. Uh, but before that, we got to touch on the realignment news that happened today. Um, there's not a lot of concrete stuff to discuss, but we uh, did our best to kind of put it in perspective as we know it. So here we go. Hey, before we get to the podcast, uh, I just want to do make sure I shout out our sponsor, uh, Prime Residential Mortgage Incorporated. Um, they are the Lending with Passion division of Primary Residential Mortgage Inc. Uh, whether you're buying, refinancing, or taking cash out of your home, PRMI can help. Rates are still near all-time lows, and our mortgage experts uh, can help find the best mortgage solution for you. Uh, they can help you with purchasing your dream home, an investment property, a vacation home, whatever you need, they can help you with. Um, they have locations all over the state of Texas, but they complete the entire process uh, online and it's easy um, and, and they just love working with fellow Red Raiders. Um, they can be reached at Raider at primeres.com through the website uh, at www.lendingwithpassion.com or by phone at 214-736-9466. Uh, so get in touch with them for, for any of your needs for anything like that. Hunter, what's up, man? Not much. What's going on? Slow news oh. day. What was that? It was a slow news day. Yeah, no joke. And well, and that's like we were talking about before we even press record. There's so much to talk about, but there's also so little to talk about because there's no actual information. Yeah. That's- and I just don't, I, like I said to you, I, I don't have an educated or informed anything remotely resembling that opinion on realignment. I just, in my deepest, I guess in my plums, I think it's <laughs> bad. Like it doesn't, it doesn't seem good. Yeah. Uh, I, and, and I disagreed when we were talking before we, before we hit record, like, I just, I think, and I know people the like reasons to- you, the reasons you disagreed were bad though. <laughs> like, Cause <laughs> it was just kind of like apathy, you know, like, uh, yeah, okay, I guess we'll just go to the Mountain West and we'll win seven games. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, I guess that's true. Even even worst case scenario, I'm not that upset about it. Like, if we go to the AAC and win a conference championship, I will be just as happy as it was a Big Twelve championship. I just like to win football games, um, you know. But it, but I, I do think like. Red on Red Raider Sports specifically, like they've been screaming doom and gloom basically since we've been terrible at football for the past 10 years. Like when realignment happens, we're going to be left out. I just, and I could be wrong. You could roll this back in six weeks and I'll look like an idiot, but I don't know. I mean, it's such a, it's a double-edged sword to me because 10, 12 years ago when we were good at football and everyone thought like we'd be instantly picked up in some kind of realignment situation like our facilities were way behind. Like I would even say Lubbock as a city was behind where it is now. Um, you know, money that we paid, all that kind of stuff, all the things that make big boys, big boys were, were way behind. 
you know, now facilities top notch, they're, they're building new baseball facilities. They're building the, or the, the new FTF plans, football training facility, whatever that, I mean, that's in the plans. Um, all our other sports besides football are good. You know, we're, we're paying like the big boys do all that stuff. Like it's, it's almost like other than football, I feel like we are much more of an attractive, if, you know, some kind of free agency were to happen. Like, I don't think we would be left out and you can, you can feel free to disagree. I just think, you know, for, for a conference like the ACC or the PAC 12, I mean, it's an inroad in Texas, you know, it's, it's a, big fan base that stretches throughout Texas. Um, and it's just all of our programs are at least competitive. I don't know. I just, I just don't get the doom and gloom, but like you said, that's also because I don't, I'll be happy with whatever. So maybe that's just, you know, the way of the way of looking at it, but I, I just don't think Texas is, is in trouble either way. Yeah. I hope not. I mean, I don't, I don't think so either. Uh, I mean, I'd be, I'm not going anywhere. So yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter who we're playing. I'll still be following and going to games and you know hoping we win. Um, but I, I think you know if we're in the, I, just, I really just don't know. You know, I, I don't yeah. think uh, it's hard to imagine us being in the Pac-12. But I think uh, if the Big Twelve implodes, we'll we'll be somewhere within the the Big four or whatever the you know if there's four 16 super conferences i think we'll be in there obviously like, yeah and, and i think and that's what it comes down to and, and honestly that's what it should be it should be those four 16 um team conferences maybe a little probably be better if they were a little more evened out than what it looks like is going to happen but i don't know i could just i think the pac-12 fits and like i said this is so far in advance just thinking out loud you know um, but I just, I think tech is going to be okay. <laughs> you know, no, no matter what happens, uh, there's a lot, a lot of doom and gloom. I find realignment incredibly entertaining. Um, but I think we do agree that, you know, if, if Oklahoma, or I guess I'll ask you, do you see any scenario where Oklahoma, Texas leave the big 12? Like it's the big 12 is no longer a conference, right? Like we're not going to add Houston and SMU. Maybe temporarily. I, yeah. I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think long-term it would be, but, you know, I really don't. The timing of contracts and, you know, like if the TV deals end in a couple of years, would they add, you know, U of H and Tulsa or something to get us through that? I, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. You know, but like, you know, as much as I don't want to be in a conference with SMU and U of H, it wouldn't be – you know, I, I wouldn't mind playing in Houston every other year and in Dallas every year with TCU and SMU. Yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely an upside to it. And just to, and I think that's my biggest thing is it's just interesting. You know, like um, I saw somebody tweet like Pac-12 East, TCU, Texas Tech, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State. Like, those are interesting games to me. <laughs> you know, it's something different. It keeps, it keeps three of our, you know, current rivals and it adds some schools that we know, and that would be fun to play. Like, I don't know. I just, I just don't, it's interesting. And I, and I, I just like change. I like new things. And so I, I don't know. I just don't think, I think tech's going to be all right. And I think this is real. I think 
talks are happening. And I, and I hope that the Texas Tech administration has a plan for if, you know, Texas and Oklahoma leave, what are we doing? You know, if we're on our own, what's our plan? You know, here's plan A, plan B, plan C, whatever. And I trust and hope that that's happening. But I think all of those options, like you said, I'll still be in. So what does it really matter? Yeah. Not going anywhere. Nope. Um, so, I mean, you know, that's not a lot of information, but um, I just, I don't know. I just, it's kind of hard to talk about when we don't have really concrete information other than it seems pretty concrete that Texas and OU have talked about leaving, especially Texas. I mean, it seems like they, they want to leave no matter if it's the SEC, ACC, um, independent, like they want to be gone. So things will change when and how, I don't know, but um, we'll, we'll talk about that more as we actually have information. Um, it would one, be kind of cool if the if it all imploded and we all were independent for a little while. <laughs> we just like still played our like just to still played the same schedule pretty much. Maybe that, maybe took out Kansas and West Virginia and some of those schools, but yeah, <laughs> that would be. Uh, yeah. Anyways, and, and those are schools I think would have a little bit more to worry about if things imploded. <laughs> um, yeah, like, like if you go, like, I'm I'm a psycho, so I have like. Kansas rivals sub, Kansas State rivals sub, you know, like, so on their boards, it's total chaos. You know, they're like, <laughs> we're totally screwed. K-State's like, Kansas is going to the Big Ten. They're going to leave us out. Like, so, some of them are even like, maybe t- can stop this, you know, <laughs> like, like <laughs> it's just, you know, they're, wow. they're as doom and gloom as, as anyone. So things could be worse is what you're saying. It's, Yeah. It's actually pretty similar to if you read a select portion of our fans, you know, like Kansas oh, State, yeah. like this couldn't come at a worse time. Our our program is decaying. We're we're terrible at everything. You know, climbing people, is a Mountain West coach. <laughs> the people who who have been saying that on our site, though, I mean, they've been saying it for ten years. It seems like so. Eventually, eventually they'll be right, maybe. Uh, but. Some concrete news and good news is uh, Tech basketball got a, I mean, a pretty substantial commitment from uh, Kevin O'Banner, and I know you're a big fan of his. Definitely, yeah. So I mean, it's a, uh, it's crazy how good of a shooter he's been. Yes. And, and when you just compare it to, you know, like I thought Davide Moretti could shoot a little bit. And I mean, he was our he was our shooter. <laughs> And he was, yeah, he was good. And and O'Banner just, I mean, it's not, it's like a league ahead of him in terms of, I don't know if he's a better shooter, but just efficiency, it's much, much better than Moretti, and which is just crazy to think about. Um, so there were uh, 300 guys last year who attempted 150 or more jump shots in the half court. So this doesn't count like wide open uh, transition shots or anything and O'Banner was third among those guys among those 300 guys in points per shot I mean so he's I mean there's a legitimate argument to be made that he was literally the best jump shooter in the country last year yeah he was I mean and so he's a big guy he's not this crazy athlete and you know we can probably talk about it more uh, later because it's uh, I, I just don't know how we play the same defense uh, with him and Bryson Williams 
if they're going to be playing at the same time, which I imagine they will be. Yeah. Um, because it's not, you know, it's, they're not the swivel type guys. Or, you know, I think you can get away with having one out there, um, but I don't know about two. Uh, so that, you know, but that's it. But whatever we lose on the defensive end, I, I think he more than makes up for it uh, the other way. But, and, but then at the same time, you know, he's, he's got, it's not like he's just a dud. Uh, he, he rebounded really well. And then, and was a decent shot blocker because I mean he's like six eight, um, but I mean yeah this, this is a it's really a addition because I think last time we talked I said you were asking me like what the ceiling of the team is and I, and I said it just depends on our jump shot making you know like do we have shooters yeah and, I mean this guy pretty much answers that question I think he like the ceiling is limitless with 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 him because of his ability to like space the floor. But if you watch him uh, last year at Oral Roberts and his whole career there, I mean, he was a pick and roll type. That That is how they generated his shots, a majority of them. Um, he, he would either just like set a pick, go to the three-point line and make a jump shot, or yeah. they would switch it and he would have a small guy on him and they would post him up. I, I was surprised at how often he was posting guys up. And it was almost always a smaller guy, you know. So I don't know how much he'll have a smaller guy defending him in the Big 12 because everybody's just a little bit bigger and they may not have to defend because, um, you know, he was doing the pick and roll with that Admus guy at Oral Roberts who was pretty good. Yeah. They may not have to de- defend him the same way, uh, but he is more than capable of posting people up. I mean, he did it a ton. Um, so, I, I mean, with him, I think Calhoun can really shoot. Um, I think McCuller is a better shooter than his numbers show. Shannon was getting better last year as the season went on. Um, you know, and, and Bryson Williams can shoot too for a big guy. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I, our offense will be really interesting to watch because we don't, you know, we don't really have the, that, that admins guy for Oral Roberts, the guy who can just like break a defense down, but we have a, just a ton of really good offensive players. Um, and it'd be interesting to see, you know, you know, how are we going to be generating those jump shots for O'Banner? Because uh, I really, I really don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't think we're, I'm not worried about it. It's just a, I have no idea what, what it'll look like. Yeah. And I guess that's, to me, it just seems like that's where the unknown of like, how does Kevin McCuller play as a point guard or, you know, Calhoun, like, what is, what does he look like? with the ball in his hands. I, I, because when you watch, you're right. When you watch, watched Oral Roberts, it's hard to say. Um, O'Banner did like stand out. Like I remember saying to whoever I was watching that game with, like that dude with the braids, like he can play. Like I like him, you know, and it, I, who would have known, you know, a couple months later he'd be signing for Texas Tech. But um, I do think you, which is what everybody's kind of one issue with this roster is like, who, who is that guy who breaks down the defense with the ball in his hands? Um, and he may be on the roster, you know. Um, I, I just don't know. But I think you're right about Calhoun being able to shoot. I think Tech put out a video the other day of him catching and shooting. It was just like, oh, okay. Like, that looks <laughs> that looks good. We haven't had a lot of guys who looked like that shooting the ball recently. So it was, it was definitely a, a sight to see. Do you think everybody, you know, there's a lot of people worried about like that we don't have a quote unquote point guard, which I don't even think 
that I don't even know what that means. You know, like, but what is point guard? Is it just the guy who like dribbles the ball at the floor? Um, is it the guy who like initiates offense every single possession? Because you know, maybe 20 years ago that would have been an accurate statement. It's just they just really don't exist anymore. Yeah. Uh, but do you think people would be less worried about our quote unquote point guard if Kevin McCuller was five inches shorter, <laughs> if uh, um, Davion Warren was four inches shorter? And if Calhoun was three inches shorter, so in other words, if we just had a three or four, six, three guys instead of six, six guys. Probably. And I, and I think, too, just the way we've seen McCuller specifically play in this Texas Tech offense, I think it's just hard to see that guy who basically, like, played defense, rebounded, um, you know, just hustle plays, maybe the occasional three. Like, you never really saw – and you really never saw it, that many people other than, like, Keenan – Jamias, we haven't had a ton of guys who like created off the dribble. You know, Kyler McClung would have their moments, but it's just like I think it's hard for people to wrap their mind their their minds around a McCullough who is the primary ball handler. I mean, it's hard for me to picture, and, and yeah, I can see him doing it, but I, but we haven't seen him doing it. And so, you know, he may come out that first month and, and he, you know, he may look like Luca, like a six, eight guy who's controlling every aspect of the game. I don't know. Um, but I, I just think it's hard for people to see because we haven't seen it with any of these guys really. Yeah. And you know, there may be some element of like, see, I told you so type from, from some of our fans, like when, when we start playing and, and we start playing big 12 teams, but the, the thing to remember is, it's hard. It doesn't matter who you have. Like it's hard to score against Big Twelve teams in the half court. They have a, a really good ball handler or not. Like it's just it's really really hard to do. Everybody yeah. plays really good defense. And so last year, you know, we had McClung and Kyler, like you said, and they were playing that. They were doing that. But how often, you know, did they every did everything stall out? And there was four, three, two, one on the shot clock, and they're just having to go try to heave something up. I mean, that happened a lot. And so I'm wondering, you know, next year, if, where we, if, you know, we're not going to be relying necessarily on someone doing that, someone just beating their guy off the dribble. Like, what will those possessions look like? Because we had, we're going to, you know, we had them last year. We'll have them next year. Does, is the alternative now just taking a shot, you know, 15 seconds earlier that was a, an okay shot from O'Banner instead of passing it up and then letting the shot clock waste away and Kyler having to go make a play? Yeah. I mean, that could be the alternative, you know, instead of relying on someone to do that, you just take a not as good shot 10 seconds sooner. Uh, you know, the yeah. alternative might just be playing faster. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is like McClung and Kyler, yes, they did have the ball in their hands a lot and they were creating off the dribble, but neither one of them could get to the rim. And I think if McCuller or, you know, any of those transfers can get to the rim on their own with the ball in their hands. I mean, I, it's going to totally change the dynamic of the offense to me. Uh, like, I think that was the thing that was, like you said, you, you ended up just heaving shots in the final couple of seconds of the shot clock because you weren't, you couldn't generate easy looks because you didn't have ball handlers that could, you know, force the defense to collapse. And so. And cause you're in the big 12. Yeah, it's just it's a product of being in the Big Twelve. Yes, that too. So I, I just think if you have somebody who can get to the rim, and and honestly, I say we didn't see it. We did see McCuller get to the rim towards the end of last season a little bit, 
uh, kind of forcing the issue some, you know, more. And so maybe that's just what you see all the time. I, I don't know. Um, and Shannon I, can do it too. Who? Shannon. Oh, you're right. I, yeah. And I totally forgot about Shannon. <laughs> I think more than, more than anything, you know, the way our team is shaping up, it just kind of reinforces the, uh, my, my belief, you know, that we just look totally different on offense and we're going to have to play faster. Yeah. Like, because like, like I said, number one, it doesn't matter what your personnel is. It's hard to score on big 12 teams in the half court. And then, so then number two, we don't really have the personnel to be this half court offense that's going to generate a ton of looks. I, maybe we, maybe we, maybe we're better than I, than I think, but it, we just seem like, you know, we will be taking the first decent jump shot or look that we have and, and hoisting it up. Which you know, is great. Why, why wait? I mean, that's what we would get on this podcast once a week during basketball season and just make fun of all the pump fakes. You know, instead of taking your open look, we were pump faking into a worse shot. And maybe that's it. Maybe you just take that first good shot because the court is full of shooters and that totally changes your offense. Yeah. So I think so. Anyway, another thing, you know, I think last year – would you say Silva was our only quote unquote big? I mean, it's hard to say. Yeah, I mean, what was it? The uh, Tyreek Smith, but he barely played. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Silva last year, it will throw in Smith, Tyreek. So maybe 30 minutes a game played by a quote unquote big. Then the year before that, Holyfield and Clark was about 45 minutes a game. This is conference numbers played by a big. Uh, so this year, you know, we'll have Silva, Bryson, and O'Banner. I mean, those are, th- I, I would consider all three of those guys bigs. Um, they're going to play a lot more than 30 to 45 minutes a game. I mean, I think it's going to be closer to like 70, 80 almost from from those three. Uh, and so that, that's an interesting, you know, it's going to look a lot different because because of that alone. Um, we'll, we'll be having more, I, it's, it's hard to wrap my head around how that's going to, what that will look like, how, you know, having those, those three guys playing such a key role on the team. Yeah. And it's, it's like you said, though, it's just so hard to, to wrap your mind around what it's going to look like. And I've said this on this podcast a few times, like, you know, I've watched these transfers, um, you know, the, the, the film, it's just hard to, to see it in like the Mark Adams system, which is we haven't really seen his offensive system. Like we know all about his defensive system. So I think there's just so many unknowns. It's hard to already say like, oh, well, here's what we're missing. When we don't even know what the goal is or, you know, what we're trying to do other than put the ball in the basket, obviously. So I think it's just like Mark Adams and his staff may be sitting there and just like all these box, all our boxes are checked. Like, this is what we wanted to do. Now we'll run it. Like, we we don't know. I think that's why it's so hard. For sure. I, we will see, you know, I, the Mark Adams of putting all our faith into him, right? Because uh, if anybody – I don't know if I trust anyone more to assemble a team because it's, you know, in junior college and the places he's been, I think this feels familiar to him. You just grab – the best players you can get and then whatever you have in your bag you, you play to it you know you're not like okay we have to get this and we have to get that we have to get no you just 
I think he just got, okay, we'll get 13 guys that we think are best available that we can get. And then just let it fall, let the chips fall where they may, where they may be. Um, because it's, you know, if you look back on teams, you just don't see more than eight guys playing big prominent roles, you know, yeah. and it's just, we've got a lot of guys, you know, 13, I'm sure every single one of them think they're going to be playing a, a big prominent role. And it's just, it's, it's so unlikely that that's going to happen, but that's why you add Warren and arms and Malik Wilson, these other guys, because you're just, you, you, I think Mark Adams is assuming that they're not all going to be productive, you know? Yeah. But you hope you only need one or two of them. And we always, or I do at least, like I've fallen for like Clarence Nadoni, like he's going to be the next dude since he signed, you know, <laughs> and that just kind of falls into the like, only, you know, seven, eight guys really contribute. Like you may like those guys, you know, those nine, eight, nine, ten, but it really just matters about the top end of that. And, I, and so I think sometimes we can get bogged down in filling out the roster when really that top half is, is all that matters. And I know I fall into that trap. And one good thing for sure was Ben made a post where he kind of talked to some folks and projected out a rotation and I think Agbo was like the sixth or seventh guy. Yeah. I mean, that would be – if he is a hit, I mean, a, a guy with his size who can shoot, and you put him in with the other pieces we have, um, uh, it's – I mean, we're, we're looking at lineups where it's just like five guys. Every single one of them are six six or bigger. You know, multiple shooters. Um, it seems like a fun lineup to watch. Yes. Yeah, I mean – you just with the idea of, you know, taking the first shot when it's open and trying to get as many um, possessions as possible. I mean, that got me excited about watching basketball, um, you know, offensive basketball, which has not been great here in, for a few years. So, you know, we can only hope that's how it looks. And I, I think that's a good, a good, I don't even want to call it a guess because I think that's a good educated guess, I guess. Um, on what the, the offense might look like uh, because, you know, we, we talked when Peary was first hired, that's kind of his thing is, you know, he kind of speeds up the game or he did at Portland state, got a lot of possessions and you would think he would try to bring some of that, or at least Adams hired him to bring some of that with him here. So it wouldn't shock yeah. me if, if you nailed that one. For sure. Uh, I think, yeah, I really, I mean, I think there's like no other option. Based on the way our team filled out, yeah, I mean, just doesn't, <laughs> that, just doesn't that's probably seem... the best way to look at it. Yeah. Uh, so before we get out of here, um, Big Twelve Media Days um, this past week, or yeah, the end. Of, I can't even remember. All time runs together. Um, it, it seemed weirdly not newsworthy. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. <laughs> Had a lot going on, or I don't know. But um, anything stand out to you? No, no, I mean, I would agree. It was just the I, – I listened to Wells, you know, his open open mic, and there wasn't anything that stood out, you know, nothing shocking other than him kind of listing our offensive line, which seems, you know, encouraging on paper when you think about the guys that we yeah. will have. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's as good as I can remember. It's, yeah, I was you know, surprised that he did that, if but you, I appreciate you really it. like the history, the history of tech football, 
when you have an offensive lineman that plays a lot as a freshman and then is like a projected starter at tackle, it's almost like how much money would you bet that Caleb Rogers is drafted and like plays in the NFL? It, I mean, it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's likely like, like Adrian Waddle, the Raven Clark, um, like, Travis Bruffy, who are some of the other Bruffy. Yeah. I mean, Terrence just, Steele. So we, Terrence Steele. Yeah. I, mean, I think we have uh, some NFL offensive linemen on the team. Yeah. And it's weird. I kind of was talking to somebody posted about offensive line the other a couple of weeks ago on the board, you know, about just being worried about it and what it might look like. And the one thing, like, I know farmer gets a lot of um, gr- grief on our site, but I, I do think he's good at just finding the best five, teaching them how to play all the positions and just putting your best five linemen out there. You know, not like saying like, we have to find a right tackle. It's like, well, who's our fifth best offensive lineman and we'll move things around basically. Cause I mean, that's the thing about offensive line is it's so much a, a group like you succeed as a group, it's so hard to have just one elite guy. I mean, and then the rest, not very good. That's just, those aren't good offensive lines. You just, the way you work together, the way you communicate, that's what makes a good offensive line. So I'm encouraged by, I, I know that farmer is the type of guy that just puts the best five out there and they kind of figure out the positions after that. And so, and then, and then that makes sense after Wells saying what he said about the, about the offensive line. So I, mean, I agree with you. Ask, I think it's encouraging. Let me ask you this. What tight end has the most catches next year? That's a good what, question. What are we doing with all what are we doing with all these seven foot six pass catchers? <laughs> we have so like Lowick, Lowick is six five. Yes. And Bradley is six five. Tharp is seven foot four. Castles <laughs> is six foot nine or whatever he is uh and then even the two tight you know we have two tight ends who played every snap last year both of them are like six five um holcomb and coons um even like trey cleveland is like randomly six four or something and then and so you have all these massive and then who's the guy from longview uh the receiver oh um uh sparkman sparkman okay he's a very very large guy yes and so it's all this height, and we're not even not even counting the receiver we had last year that literally donkey punched every cornerback in the Big Twelve, which has a comma. So <laughs> I, I just don't. What are we like? What is that going to look like? Are they all going to play? I mean, you hear good. You hear that like Tharp. We've heard from several different people. Tharp is going to play, and he's the six eight one. You know, and so. It's and, and well, sorry, and and uh, Cumbie does not use tight ends like Yost does. Like if if they don't have a tight end that that can play, Yost is or sorry, Cumbie is not going to play one. Unlike Yost, who that was just what he did. So so he had what we ran one out there. So it is interesting be, because Cumbie's not going to play one just to play one, and so then you know if. So at that point, it's kind of hard to know, like, well, we'll, which one, it's basically asking which one of these guys is going to be the one that is so good, you have to play them. And and when you look at it, I mean, what you hear is Tharp 
I mean, that, that's the tight end you hear about, right? It's not Koontz. It's, uh, it's not the Juco guy, Lloyd. It's, um, it's not um, Holcomb from last year. Like, you hear about the freshman, the 6'8 freshman. Well, yeah, that'll be fun to watch. I, it's just uh, – I think it's crazy how much hype we have at the receiver and tight end. Just size in general. Like – yeah, Loic 6'4". He's also 220. Like, yeah. Brad, I think Bradley is is a monster. I mean, yes. that guy. Sparkman, 6'4", 225. Cleveland, 6'4", 195. Bradley, 6'5", 220. I mean, <laughs> that is some size. It's crazy. So, I mean, you know, you asked who gets who has the most catches. I mean, the safe money is probably Koontz because I think Koontz is talented. I think Koontz is pretty good. And I think in a in a system that Cumbie runs, I think he'll be good. But, this, I mean, if you were going to try to win big, you probably put your money on Tharp. Although, I don't know. I just It's just hard for me to see a freshman. T- tight end just seems like one of those positions that freshmen, a freshman would have a, you know, have trouble contributing, but all that is kind of going out the window now. I mean, you see freshmen contribute at every position at every level. So that's maybe an old school way of thinking, but it is, I mean, they updated the roster today and it's just crazy to scroll through and look at the size. I mean, like freshman quarterback, Donovan Smith, six, five, two thirty. <laughs> I mean, Tyler, Shuck, Tyler Shuck, six, five, two twenty five. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, these guys are Shadarius Townsend, Weighs more than Sir Roderick. Like, wow, that's crazy. That's to crazy. Me. Yeah, but yeah, that doesn't even make sense. No, <laughs> Taj Brooks two twenty. He weighs the most out of all of them. Him and Chadarius Townsend, and those two are built totally differently. <laughs> it's just crazy. But yeah, I mean, just getting back to media days. I think it's probably good. There wasn't a lot of news. <laughs> it's usually bad news, so it's probably for the best. But I did. I did like Wells taking a little jab at the uh, the Texas guy who asked him a question, and he he said that we all know the Big Twelve runs through Norman. <laughs> I don't think that went over very well, but I appreciated the the pettiness at least. So that was my big takeaway from Media Days. He also said uh, that he expected or that Ezukama was practicing, and that he. I think he expressed optimism that both of them, him and Sir Roderick would be playing week one. Well, so that's about as good of news as you can ask or you can ask for. So um, anyway, I mean, we can end there because that's good news. I missed that somehow. Um, so we'll, we'll start working. I'm starting to work on my preview stuff for the football season today. You know, we'll have some podcasts out previewing that. Um, you know, to, and if more of this alignment talk, realignment talk comes up, we'll definitely talk about that because it's just interesting. So um, that's all I got, Hunter. How about you? That's it. All right. We'll talk to you guys later.